Okay, well, happy, I don't know, time change, is that? <clears throat> I was going to like have lively music to help us spring forward, but uh, yeah, so I went to bed fairly early last night, and around about 4 a.m. I woke up, my wife's not there, and there's a text on my phone, not coming home, I'm going to stay, she's babysitting grandchild, I'm going to stay, you're going to pick up Marge, and uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, so I called her like eight, eight o'clock. Hello. Said, did you call March? No, I'll call her right now. So, so we had a wild morning already, um, which I like, I guess. Um, so, <clears throat> um, just a quick reminder. I was just about to talk about you. Now you're here. No, you, Miss Miller. Um, we, we are um, in Romans 8, and we're, we're trying to put um, legs to that, flesh and bones to that. What does that look like on a Monday morning? How do I do that? Because it's, you know, Romans 1, the world's a mess. Romans 2, sorry you. Romans 3, I paid off, uh, let's do it from an IRS perspective. I paid off all your past debt. Romans 4, this is going to be about faith from here on. Just let me do what I'm going to do for you and say thank you. Romans 5 is I'm going to pay your monthly note. Romans 6 is <clears throat> uh, your creditors can't find you. I have hid you from the creditors. Romans 7a is the IRS can't find you either. Um, they have stopped looking for you. I know some of you are going, wow, this is better salvation than I thought. Um, Romans 7b is, and you're not a deadbeat. You do deadbeat things, but the reality is, is you're son of a king, you're not a deadbeat. And I'm going to convince you of that. So, Romans 8 is, given all of that, and you don't have to feel guilty, how do you walk not as a deadbeat? How do you walk in what I've given you, in what I'm doing living inside of you? How do you actually do that? And so that's, that's where we are. And we're talking really about three things. There's probably five or six big topics in, in Romans 8, but we're talking about the three things that have to do with freedom. So there's a freedom from something, a freedom to something, and a freedom to be something. Okay, so we're, we're freedom from something, we're freedom to be something, and we're freedom to something, to a connection with God. And so we've been talking about that. Next week, now check this out. Wasn't that cool? Yeah. Did you learn that this week? I did. I was uh, going to watch sports. I decided to learn how to do um, uh, that better. I don't, know if I'd have, I don't know if I'd have said that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a girly. I was in Portland all week, okay? And sports is like, why do we do that? We have coffee. We talk. We walk. There is nobody in Portland who has an umbrella except tourists. There are me and two Japanese people. That was it. Everybody else puts their hood up and they just keep on trucking. So um, next week we're going to go from here to here. And Jeannie is going to um, talk about something that I think will be life-changing. Right? It's going to be life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it changed my life. It, it, it has served as a core of freedom prayer. Every issue you have in life gets sorted out next week. At least so you know what it is and how to deal with it. So call, bring your friends. Bring your friends who you think would, it would be 
benefited by that, but don't tell them that, okay? Just say, this might be good. Um, <clears throat> so we're gonna, we're gonna do a, a little exercise, first of all. Hey, come on in. So um, don't close your eyes quite yet, because I want you to see this, and then let's try this. So when I say the first two words of the one-person Lord Prayer, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes, and start out the Lord's Prayer by saying, my Father, and then tell me what immediate picture or feeling or sense do you get when you say, my Father. Okay, ready, go. Okay. If you take too long, you start thinking what you should see. <laughs> so it's like, what is the immediate thing that your, your emotions give you? And usually then, usually then your brain comes in to rescue your emotions. That's how, especially men are. I feel something and I go, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm tough, I, you know, men don't cry, um, whatever. There are plenty of seats down here in the spit zone. Um, okay, let's just... But there are no right or wrong answers, so what, what kind of picture or thought did you get? We'll start in this side here. How about you? What picture do you guys get? No, <laughs> no just anybody. Just there are no right or wrong answers. There's all kinds of stuff. So what, what immediate picture thought? Yeah. Well, I kind of have a, a, a standing place that I go to. Yeah. Uh, and we sit and we kind of snuggle up. So yeah. that's the immediate thing that you comes to mind. You got the snuggle mind. picture, yeah. Just not with somebody reaching down, like you pick up a child. Or yeah. Monster. See, it's cheaters for Freedom Prayer people to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I got this little curled up in the lap. Yeah, curled up in the lap thing. Mm -hmm. So how many of you, throughout much of your life, um, your picture was sort of, sort of maybe like one of these? I think God the Father, or Father God, and it's like, yeah, I need to clean up my act before I go, you know, see him. Or maybe he's pretty busy, busy with China. You know, he's, he's got other stuff going on. Or maybe a sense of I'm not important enough to, I mean, I'm in the crowd, you know. And he's like Abe Lincoln sitting at the Washington, you know, he's, he's dealing with international slavery and I'm just there. Um. Any other thoughts that, that are more in line? And there's no, again, there's no right or wrong answer. I can tell you mine was um, this one. Okay, that, that was mine almost my whole life. That was that one. I'll say two things, Andy. Uh, this morning, it was almost like a blank screen. Yeah. And sometimes I'll see the beauty of nature, the majesty of mountains, but he will not necessarily be in the image. Mm -hmm. And it's almost that I have to prep myself be in a place to actually feel it. Yeah, kind of what Jen, so Jen said, okay, go to a place, the Lord is my shepherd. Why? Because we have to prep our imagination to receive input from God. In other words, our imaginations, we, we set them up and we say, God, I painted a picture, do you want to play? Or I set my table, do you want to come for tea? That's what our imaginations can do. Um, <clears throat> 
she's too shy to come in. When she comes in, I saw a clap. <laughs> no, that'll be terrible. Um, so, so these are so these are pretty typical pictures. And if you were to ask um, everybody across the church to be really honest and do this, <clears throat> which of these do you think would be like the top, the top one or two, kind of across the Otter Creek Church? Let's say. <coughs> don't know how to feel him and then distant. Yeah. I don't know how to feel him. He's distant. Any others? Just from kind of your experience. You're not judging. You're just recognizing. We're just recognizing. I keep sinning all the time. I, that, I remember as a teenager that was a, a thought I had. I was like, I, I know a mentor said, well, don't wash your hands before you take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I'm not important enough. Yeah. I'm not important enough. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he's got the universe to take care of. I'm like one out of 79 billion, you know, really? Right. And so a question we then ask is, how does that picture square with what God himself says? Right? So if you look at what he says, and this is Romans 8 now, you've not received a spirit of slavery... So all, all that that implies, which is you're valued for your work, you're valued, you know, all that implies, <clears throat> leading to fear again, you've received a spirit of adoption as, I should just say, children, not, not just sons. You don't have to be trans in the kingdom as children, um, by which we cry out, pops, right? By which we cry out, daddy, by, by what, papa. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. So remember the freedom mindset. When I look into my spirit, I find the Holy Spirit testifying that I am a child of God and an heir, and a fellow heir with Christ. In other words, I'm not just a kid who doesn't get anything. I'm a kid who gets everything. I'm spoiled rotten. You know, I'm spoiled holy. You know, somehow, uh, and so when you look at that and you say, well, how does my inner world and then that expresses itself in my outer world. How does that compare to this? And you go, well, I would find it really irreverent to burst into God's office, jump on his lap, tossle his hair, be tickled, push stuff off his desk, really important stuff, and tell him about the new sandbox toy that I got. And you go, there's no way, <laughs> there's, there's no possible way. And yet God says, look, I want you to call me Pops. That's my favorite name, okay? My, my grandkids call me Umpa, and I'm like, oh, I, that's cute, but really, grandfather sounds, you know, but no, they, hey, Umpa, Umpa, you know, and I was on the phone with the mayor of a city, and my little granddaughter stuck her head around the corner and smiled. I said, oh, hey, do you mind if I call you back? Come here, you know, and see, see, that's God the Father. He's like, I'm never, I'm omniscient, omnipresent. I could do a billion things at once, and you're the thing I want to do, right? And yet we go, I don't know. For God so loved the world that he so loved the world, not just loved the world, but he so, it's like when someone says to you, I so love that picture. I so, so is like this super superlative and God goes, so, I so love you. 
Don't be afraid. Your father has gladly. So he didn't do it grudgingly. He didn't go, well, ah, they're my creation. I guess I'm responsible. I should bail them out of jail. You know, that, that's not it, gladly. In that day, you will ask in mind, in mind uh, I'm not saying that I will ask the father on your behalf. The father himself loves you. In other words, we, I was taught you go to the father through Jesus go to the Father through Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a one-off relationship. And then I read this and I said, that's not what it says. Jesus says, I'm getting out of the way. You, you go directly to the Father. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mix, but the Father himself loves you. He doesn't love you because, you know, I used to have this sort of picture of, of <clears throat> Jesus standing in front of the Father going, don't kill him, I died for him. No, no, it's okay. You know, that it's just like, no. And, and yet, uh, so somewhere back in 1978, I was alone in Europe for two years, really, being this spook for the army. And um, <clears throat> I just, I lived in an apartment with no TV, no radio. I had a Bible and a concordance and food. That was it. And somewhere in the middle of that, this started to dawn on me. And I was just like, huh. And I would literally just sit in a chair and go, okay. I have a spirit somewhere over here, and, and Father, how, how do I do that? How do I do this? And it took, it, it took a while. I made lots of mistakes, lots of stumbles. And then it's like things started to open up, and I went, wow. There's like, it's like finding a, what you always thought was a closet, and you open the door, and there's another story on the building. And you just go, <coughs> and it has wings. And there's a concert hall and a concert playing. And you, you suddenly go, I have just walked through the door to Narnia. You know, this is like through the, through the wardrobe. And here I am. And there's this God who is amazing. And so what, what we are, are doing in this class is helping us to do that. So, so here, here, is, <clears throat> here is kind of sometimes Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So... Jesus is like God the Father saying, okay, here's an earthly expression of my heart. So sinners ran to him, not from him. Children ran to him, not from him. Really religious people were offended by him. Yes. It's like, it's like he just turned the tables on kind of um, action, obedience-based religion. He just turned the tables on it. He was such a disruptor. Jeannie's going to talk next week about Rabbi Jesus absolutely turning the tables on the Pharisees, and it will be life-changing. I'm, I'm setting you up, uh, by the way. You'll never have a better teaching in all of your Christian life ever again. You may as well just not go to church after next Sunday. Okay, so... Dang it. So... How you feeling? So, so when, you, when you see that, you have your picture, and you go, oh, man, I feel, I feel uh, hopeful, but not there. Or is this for me? There, so in our head, if I were Satan, I would be whispering things to, to you right now. <coughs> and those things would be, yeah. Oh, did you have your hand up? Yeah, I was just going to say this. Um, this is something I read this week that, to me, kind of really brings this home. And that is, you know, we've heard 
you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. But that whole scripture says, and Jesus said to them, if you hold on to the truth, then you'll be my disciples and the mm. truth will set you free. And so a lot of times we see that, we see those words, that's the truth. Yeah. But we have to really grab on, hold on to that truth, even in the midst of what we're feeling. Yeah. Remember this sermon about the soils, right? And, and the, the, the kinds of soils. And there's one soil that holds on to it, right? And if you go look at, at the description of that soil, it will give you an exact key on how to set up your inner world. Okay. The rabbi always gives way deeper keys than, than a quick reading will give you. If you sit and look at that, you go, oh, okay, got it. Um, I think later this year we'll talk about the heart because that is key to our life. Okay, so some of us are, are kind of going, yeah, right? Because it's like I, there's these voices and, and I feel some, some sort of accusation and somewhere in my head there's a voice that says, not me, or this is too hard, or is this even true, or I really want this, but I'm not... I'm not Andy, thank God, because he, he deals with each of us absolutely as individuals. Um, and so I want, to, um, I want to take you through today um, the six lessons about hearing connect with God that I learned the hard way. Okay? And these are going to be pretty, it's a pretty straightforward thought process. Um, number one, God is after intimate relationship with me, with you. Yes, you. And so <clears throat> um, he says, look, uh, and, and we just had that verse, but this one says, look, I pray that God would grant you the ability to look inside, and when you look inside, this amazing world will open up. God has chosen you before the foundation of the world. When you start, when you, when you get, get in your mind, I'm going to look at scriptures as I read the Bible about God choosing me, God being after me, you go, it's everywhere. The Father's love is everywhere in Scripture. And so the first thing to, to, to get inside of us and don't let it go ever, just hold on to it tight, is God is pursuing me for intimate relationship. I'm not pursuing God. He has gone, it's like the father and the prodigal son. The prodigal son came a couple steps back and the father ran the rest of the way. And the prodigal son had this prepared speech about what a jerk he was and he should be a slave. And the father said, he basically said, be quiet. Get a robe, get a ring, kill a calf. Right? And so we, you know, we used to say, well, you need to, you need to wash your hands, confess before you go to the throne room. God's like, no, when you're, when you're the grossest, I want you the closest. Right? I mean, I mean that'll, that'll preach. Now, Josh will be preaching that next week. He listens. No, but, but see, so God says, I mean, any good father, when a child is in trouble, they want him to come close so he can help him. Not, well, you clean up your act, and then maybe we'll do coffee. I think I got 20 minutes. See, and he's just not that way. So number one is, no matter what else is said in your brain, in your heart, in your circumstances, this is true. He's crazy about you. He's pursuing you. He will never give up. He comes at you from your destiny, not your history. He knows who you've been made to be. It's a sure thing in his eyes. 
You are predestined to become formed to the image of Christ. To the Father, it's a done deal. He sees across history and he goes, there are going to be um, infinite ages to come. And boy, oh boy, do I have a cool plan for you and this galaxy out here. All right? You are going to be in charge of a galaxy. Just so clean your living room. Okay, so anyway. So, so number one is this. Okay, number two is this. God's not human. And his first language isn't English. Right? So we can... Now, Jesus was human, right? Is human. But when we think about that, it can be daunting unless we also think about I'm not actually human either. Just human. Jesus said to about them. He said, they are not of this world, even if I'm not of this world. You're a, you are a different kind of being on the earth than has ever existed until the resurrection and ascension of Christ. There's never been beings like us. We, we are eternal beings. We have an ability to connect to eternity now. We can experience things we shouldn't know. We can do things we shouldn't be able to do. We can live a life of um, abundance, of crazy, crazy coincidence. I have just 15 coincidences from this week that were each of them crazier than the next one. Where it's just like, I was interviewing for a project in Portland, and <clears throat> a biggest competitor decided, and he's an old friend of mine, but he decided he couldn't, he couldn't be bothered to fly in because he wanted to come to where Nashville for a management conference. And I flew and skipped the conference to go to Portland. And when I, when I go in, I said, I'd like to let them know that, but that would be kind of catty. And I sit there, and their computer screen accidentally pops up, and it's his Skype link sitting there on the computer screen. And I go, oh, Keith. And I said, you know Keith? And I said, oh, yeah, we're old buddies. He goes, yeah, he's calling in from, wait, where are you from? Nashville? Oh, he's calling from Nashville. He's attending a conference. I just went, oh. <laughs> it's just like, Perfect. You know, it's just like, that just happens all the, you know, just, why? Because we're his favorites. You think a, a dad, if a dad has influence in business, he doesn't go, hey, my son might be stopping in to talk to you today. You should talk to him. The person goes, you're like the president of the whole universe. Okay, I'll talk to him, right? And so the father does that for us. He wants to do that for us. And, and when, I, when I'm okay with him not being human, but he is as high as the heavens are above the earth. His ways and his thoughts are that much higher. But he says to us, you have the mind of Christ. So his being more than human or not human is actually to our advantage because we have the seeds of that, the first fruits of that here. And he draws us into a world that is more than human. Okay? So this isn't a bad thing. This is a really good thing. He's saying, you be like me. I'm calling you to be like me. Learn to be like me. We have the first fruits. Later on in, in, in uh, Romans 8, it talks about we have the first fruits of the Spirit. When we die, the sin nature will dissipate, dissipate, disappear. We will, we will open our eyes in glory and go, everything bad is gone. Everything good is magnified. 
I'm the king of the world. You know, just, I mean, it's going to be pretty amazing. And we have the first fruits of that now. So God says, come up here. He says, come up here. Sit with me. You're seated with me in the heavens. Learn what that means. Okay, so that's a good thing. Number three, God knows we are human. That's a good thing too, right? So he wants total intimacy with me. He's not human, which is a good thing. He knows we are human. So look at this. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He himself knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. So if I have a three-year-old, I don't wonder why he can't ride a bike, why he can't swim laps in the... I, I don't wonder about that. So his treatment of us is age-appropriate to our maturity as believers. He does... He, he sets a goal out here. He describes what a walk is like. But when he's with me, he's the one who's, who's saying, what is the next thing? <clears throat> um, there's a verse that says, um, he who began a good work in us, he will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So he began something in us. Uh, so I'm thinking garden now, right? Because now the times change and it was 63 yesterday. So I'm thinking garden. When I grow tomatoes, I don't go, oh, I'm going to harvest tomatoes, and I go out and I pick all the tomatoes. I pick ripe tomatoes. Because unripe tomatoes don't work. Well, unless you do fried green tomatoes. I know this is the South, but just go with me on this analogy. Let's say it's a Yankee analogy. Okay, so, uh, so in us, certain things are ripe for the picking. Certain things in us are ready to change. We are mature enough to handle it. We can see it clearly. The circumstances allow it. And so God says, I am now going to work on this thing in you. And, and when he brings it to mind, there'll be a circumstance, there'll be a sermon, there'll be a Bible verse, something will have sauce on it, it'll jump out. And you go, huh, I think God's ready to work on this in me. I'll cooperate with him. Right? So he knows I'm but dust. But he also knows I'm but spirit. And so he doesn't expect perfection. He just expects cooperation. Right? I hold his hand, and he does all the heavy lifting. Yeah, Jeannie? Um, I think in addition to that, he wired each of us specifically. So I think we often compare ourselves with, oh, I, I have too much. I'm too yeah. much, or I have too much energy, or I'm emotional, or I'm <clears throat> calm, or yeah. I'm, to me, even those specifics, he wired us that way, and that's good, and he wants to use all of that right. for good. Um, yeah. Satan, of course, can use it for evil, but I guess I just think we forget God wired us this way instead of fighting it or, or being ashamed of it or wishing it to be different. Yeah, that's really good. God wired us a certain way. Uh, okay. Again, some weeks out, we're going to talk about the measure of God in us and what spiritual gifts look like and, and that sort of thing, the wiring that I have. But God just says, when you go to heaven, God will say, how many Easter eggs did you find? Right? Because he lays, I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared beforehand for me to walk in. The only thing I need to know about my purpose on earth is what is the next work to find? Where is the next Easter egg? hidden. I don't have to know my destiny. I, all of that, God says, no, 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 that's too hard. Don't ask me for a bunch of information. 
You know, Peter did, and, and he said, well, is John going to, you know, blah, 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 and Peter, and Jesus goes, if I want him to do that, I'll, I'll tell him, you follow me, right? And so the same thing, God says, I have works for you, and I have a plan of perfection for you, and those will work together. The only thing you have to worry about in this life is, what is the next work? I'm just, connect, I'm just a kid doing a dot-to-dot connection drawing, and just the next dot, I don't need to know what the whole drawing is. Now, when you get to be in your 60s, you start to understand kind of what the drawing was like, and you go, wow, I missed a few dots, but, but the dots, the, 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 the works are prepared for me, and I'm prepared for the works, right? Bloody good match, you know? The works are prepared, I'm prepared. And when parents hide Easter eggs, they don't hide them from the children. They hide them for the children. Right? How, what a bummer if they don't find the eggs. It's like, I work so hard in those eggs. And half of my... And so parents go, kick. Oh, look, an egg is rolling across the sidewalk. Where did that... Oh, you know, the kids are grabbing it. Okay, that's what God is like with us. So when you're, you're going about your day, you'll see something, you'll feel something, you'll sense something, you go, huh, what if that's God? Let's try it and see. Right? So... Yeah. For me, the best way to incorporate that into my life is to remember the truth that I'm a spiritual being and yeah. a human experience. I'm not a human with a spirit. Yeah. And that's a huge difference. It is. That's really good. You know, if we realize who we are, then, yeah. then we look at things differently. Yeah. As I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. We're, we're just waiting for God yeah. to do the next thing because that's, that's the existence that we live in. Right. Not, not this earthly. Right. And I can hear him. I can hear him. God says, look, you are my sheep. My sheep know my voice. The voice of another they will not follow. He's not, that's not a command. It's a fact. He's saying, if you're my sheep, then you have all of the machinery that you need inside to hear me and follow me. I'm not commanding you. I'm just stating a fact. You're my sheep, and you will know my voice. Just listen for me. You'll discern. You'll know. You might get bummed out a couple times, but I'll rescue you. No temptation, test, or trials overtaking you. That's not common to all humans. And God is faithful and will not let you be tempted, tested, or tried beyond your ability but with, I'll just say, with the parasmos, will supply the means to escape that you can endure it. See, the good shepherd never lets a wolf get you. You have to, like, forget it. I, can, I got this. Or I don't know if you're a good shepherd, right? But no tester trial is, is bigger than you. It feels bigger than you because you're not stretched yet, right? But it's not bigger than you. He's so faithful. Okay, so, yes. Sorry, just down at the end of that John 10 is one of my favorites that Go ahead. you're talking about, but just that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. That's a cling to verse yeah. for the past 25 years. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Right. Satan tries to look big. He tries to look invincible. He's utterly defeated and squashed. The only power he has is our belief that he has power. He uses our faith to deceive us. It's kind of a bummer, but because he, he has none of his own. Let, let that, 
help us let that sink in a little bit, how he uses our faith. Because I, I think that's the point we miss. We're going to come back to that. Okay. okay. We're going to have a... That's good. We, we, we're going to come back to uh, winning the daily battle later on. Yeah. But that's good. We, we Lots of coming attractions in this little, in this little talk. So you keep coming back. Okay. Okay. So... Um, God is after intimacy. He's not human. He knows we are human. And so he has a plan on how this is going to work. Right? So he, he gets... That's really funny. You say, God gets it. <laughs> oh, wait. You created it. Sorry. Of course you get it. Um, so he has a plan. So here's one of them. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak whatever he hears. He will disclose to you what is to come. He shall take of the Father's, which is also mine, and he shall disclose it to you. So the Father uses the Holy Spirit inside of us to tell us everything we need. He disclose, Look, he disclosed what is to come. That's not just like at the end of the age. That's like at 2 o'clock today. Okay? That's like in this next meeting. That's like when I go to my in-laws. If you say... Jesus, or Father, whoever, you're, they don't care who you talk to. It's like Trinity feels kind of amorphous. So I always say Jesus, <clears throat> sometimes Dad. But I say, I'm going to go see my family. Is there anything I need to know? Do you want to show me anything? And I'm driving, I'm just, hmm, hmm. Okay, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. So, so you go, I wonder if that's God. So you just hold it with an open hand. And you watch it, and you go, that was God, and I'm, I'm prepared. Nice. Right? Because remember we talked about there's a river coming out of us. There's a flow. And when we learn to honor that flow, then this is what happens. I honor the flow. Jesus said, if anyone believes in me, out of their innermost being shall flow a river of living water. By this he spoke of the Spirit which they were to receive, us. So I have a river flowing out of me, and I can dive into that river anytime I want to. Anytime. The only reason I don't is because I'm not sure how. So this is class about how, how to do it. <clears throat> um, here, he said, look, don't, don't talk, don't trash talk, don't do that. Because what? You grieve the Holy Spirit. When I just ignore the spiritual side, ignore the input, get into my pain, get into my anger, get into my will, get into my flesh, and talk from there, the Holy Spirit's going over there going, oh, man. It's like a dad who prepared this amazing day for their child, and they just want to watch TV. And you just go, this would be so much funner. Okay, and so God is that way with us. He, he's pre he is prepared. But when we operate out of the flesh or out of the mind, then we grieve the Holy Spirit because it always falls short of the best that he has for us. And you can alert yourself, you can prime yourself to sense grief inside. Okay, You can say, Holy Spirit, <clears throat> if I begin to grieve you, I want to know. Because I don't want to grieve you. If I'm going this direction and it should be that direction, and you and you see 
the difference in the outcome, I want to know. I want to be guided. I want the voice of the teacher behind me saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, this is from Isaiah, whenever you go to the left or to the right. I want that in my life. I give you permission to do that. And you just, then you just walk aware. You say, okay, I'm going into this meeting. And you're not like this ethereal person who like drives through traffic lights and forget, you know, you're, you're not that. But there is a way to have, a, to have your, your, your mind here, part of your mind here, while you're dealing wonderfully with life. But there's just this other channel open all the time. It's like, it's like those guys with the earpieces in at the Coliseum. They're, and all of a sudden they go, you know, and you go, so, okay, somebody's just talked in the earpiece. Well, that's us. Okay, we have an earpiece called Holy Spirit. Okay, so God makes this audacious promise. <clears throat> he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Don't be a donkey. <laughs> okay, basically, don't, don't make me put a leash around you and have to drag you places to save your life. I don't like it. You don't like it. It makes you think I'm mean. It makes me think you're just a mule. Don't, don't be that way. Be, and, and these words are crazy. <clears throat> Sakal means to teach you ahead of time, to prepare you, to give you information. You will never go into anything unprepared unless you choose not to. This word teach, so instruct is systematic teaching. This is to shoot an arrow at a target. So when you're about to go into a meeting, that comes in. Teach you the way you should go. So I'm going into this uh, <clears throat> interview in Portland, and as I'm walking in, I felt the father say, have fun at the meeting, have fun at the meeting. So I walked in, and he, he doesn't ask you to do stuff you're not, you can't do. So I'm a good fun person at meetings. So I walked in and I said, Man, it's good to be back in Portland. You know, years ago, I, no, I said it in a different way, but I'll make it. Years ago, I brought two other cities here, and I said, now, kids, this is what it looks like when you're all grown up. And, and they were like, oh, you're giving us the big head. And I said, no, I said, you guys have a, and, and they were just like, and they started leaning forward. They closed their books with all their hard questions, and we talked for an hour and a half. And when it was over, the guy said, the, the leader of the group said, if your team doesn't get selected, I'm going to call you. Why? Because Father instructed me in what to say, and in, in, in the way to be. Okay? Now, there's probably other people where you try to have fun, and they're like, but not these, not these people. Okay, and then counsel, advise, consult, guide, in route. A map is fine, but a guide is cooler, right? I'm going to Moab and Zion next week. A map is great. But I'm going with somebody who's been there 10 times, and they're like, I'm going to take you to the coolest spot. Okay, and I'm going to go, I'm not even going to read ahead. Just surprise me, okay? We're getting in their RV in Phoenix, and we're driving. So <clears throat> that's Holy Spirit. So this is a crazy promise. So this means I read the Word. This means I fill myself full of stuff Holy Spirit can touch on. <laughs> this means I listen ahead of time, and this means I listen during. Okay, so that's how I walk, those three things. So it looks like this. So this is number five. <clears throat> 1043, I have two minutes, this will be great. Um, 
For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we have sanctified them in the truth by word is truth. Part one is, I need to be in the word. Part two is, the peace of Christ will act as a judge in your hearts. So I have the word and I have the peace of God about a decision. And those two things guide me. So all kinds of stuff, you like that? All kinds of stuff <laughs> comes in. And it goes through the funnel of my mind, and right there, it has to go through this narrow place of, do I feel peace about it, and does it violate the word? Do I feel peace about it? Does it violate the word? So in each case, we discern if it has sauce on it. Does it feel like the Holy Spirit? Now, at some point, you don't have to just sit and do this, but you'll have to do it mechanically until it becomes second nature. Okay, so some of this stuff is outside stuff. A bird flew across and all of a sudden, whoa, wait. That, oh, the whole, you know, all of a sudden, it, okay. So it could be a lecture that you went to, Josh's sermon, a hymn that you sang that you suddenly were just whisked to the throne room and he said, no, don't stop, sing another verse. Start over, don't stop. You know, you just, you don't want worship to stop. I don't want announcements. Um, and so this can come in from all of your input ports. Your five senses, your memory, remember the three screens? So the, the memory and calculation, the five senses, and the screen of the imagination. Stuff can come in all this way. It has to, at some point, get to your mind so you know what to do with it. And what guides your mind is, I have a really good sense of the Word of God, and I have a sense of peace. We used to ask in a, in a group I was with, we used to say, do you have peace on that? Yeah, let the peace of God rule as an umpire in your heart. And so then this, this is how that works. Okay, so I'm walking along and I'm walking aware. And I see, um, <clears throat> let me see what happened this week. Um, oh, the repairman. So, so we had a repairman come. And he walks up and I'm like, yeah, it's going to cost me a bunch of money. <clears throat> and and Holy Spirit said, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh sorry. And so I, I zeroed in on him. I got a sense of what was going on with him. I sat and talked with him. After he was done, we sat on the porch and talked. I didn't pray with him. I didn't lead him to Jesus. I loved him. I just loved him. And he said, "Man, thanks so much. This is great. Thanks for the coffee." Went on his way. I I'm not responsible for people's souls. I'm responsible for the little piece that he's given me to do. Right? And if I do my part faithfully and everybody else does, the guy's a goner. Okay? Every place he goes, he's going to encounter one of us. We're like the invasion of the soul snatchers. You know, we're just coming in and we just... They don't have, they don't have a prayer because we have the King of Kings and Lords of Lords who loves them like he loves us. Even our enemies. Why do, I got it. Why do we pray for our enemies? Because he loves them like he loves us. They're not supposed to be our enemies. Just Satan made it so they are. That's what we find in freedom prayer. Once, once the Lord helps them to see something in their life, they said, well, you know, God's been trying to tell me this for the past two or three weeks. <clears throat> yeah. And they, they start telling about situations where this message has come from different directions, but they hadn't put all the pieces together. Yeah. It's like God was in this place and I did not know it, like, yeah. Yeah. like the, the ladder from heaven. And, and that's so affirming. Yeah. 
to know that this is not a freaky thing. You can't make this up, you know. That, that's right. Uh, we're going to upload every PowerPoint that's going to be uploaded. I see you different saying pictures. I, I appreciate that. Um, so, so the last point is there's uncertainty but not risk. So if you're a stats person, then uncertainty and risk are two different things. Uncertainty is I don't know the outcome, but it's going to be a good outcome. Risk is it may be good or bad. That is not on God's plan. There, there, is no, there is no bad option. There's only a variety of good options of which I will always be surprised. In fact, sometimes I think God absolutely loves it. I, I just see God up in heaven. I had this picture one time where he's, he's sitting. He's, Gabriel, watch this, watch this. <laughs> Got him. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> right? And, and see, that's how I see God is... I'm walking, and I go, I know you've got something for me today. I know there's an Easter egg on this trip. I don't know where, but I'm going to walk alert. And when we do that, we, we stumble into grace. We stumble into destiny. We, you know, we stumble into glory. We, we end up someplace, so you look back years later, and you go, I learned all these lessons, and I had no idea. It just felt like fun. It just felt like an infinite game of hopscotch. And I think he let me win. But I'm not sure. It was hard. Bad things won't happen. What's that? That does not mean bad things. Won't oh no! <clears throat> Jesus said, "In the world, you will have tribulation." Why do bad things happen to good people? Because Satan hates good people. <laughs> of course, Jesus was crucified. Uh, a lot of the disciples were martyred. Okay, this life is this much of eternity. I can't make my fingers close enough together. It's this much of eternity. He said, "Look, you will have tribulation in this world, but what?" Be of good cheer. And that's, that means be giddy. <clears throat> I've overcome the world. We can, in some sense, laugh when it comes. If you read Fox's Book of Martyrs, you'll go, okay, so this person was, being, was about to be stabbed, and the woman said, no, no, stick it in here. I'll die easier. Oh, okay. Thanks. And she's in glory. I mean, the, the testimonies of people dying, what they were seeing, what they are experiencing, you just go, anybody who's been in, like Josh and I talking, he's been in a room with a number of people who died, and he said, sometimes just the glory that comes is just crazy because the spirit is being snatched to glory. And, and they see it. They see it ahead of time. Okay, uh, next week we'll shift to Freedom Action. My last plug for Jeannie. Uh, <laughs> next week... There, there's, there's an amazing set of parables that sort out every issue in our life into very easy, understandable, and dealing with situation. Uh, so bring a friend.